0: Welcome to the Free Oakley Podcast. This is your host, Billy Johnson. All right. Free Oakley is back. It's been a couple weeks. Taking a little summer break, spending some time with the fam, hitting the beach, a lot of time down in Atlantic Beach this summer. It is Tuesday, August 16th. I'm joined by my cousin, Nick Ambruso, my uh, my younger, handsome half-Italian cousin. I'm looking at his That's right. Don't don't,
1: don't forget about the handsome.
0: That's right. I'm looking at him him right now on Zoom. Nick Ambruso, welcome to Free Oakley.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: We wanted to talk a little Metropolitans today. This is, uh, you know, with the last few Free Oakleys, we spent a lot of time on the horses, and um, we've kind of got through the all-star break. We're in the second half of the MLB season, and our Metropolitans are absolutely – crushing it uh so far mets are 75 and 41 first in the nl east and they have the second best record in baseball just four four or five games behind the uh the la dodgers first off actually happy birthday your birthday was yesterday
1: thank you sir yep yep and two seven two seven my god dude
0: i talked to my dad yesterday and uh so so i I saw some stuff on uh, instagram and i was like oh it must be nick's birthday and then i was talking to my dad um and he's like yeah it's nick's birthday he's like oh yeah i thought so i was like how old is he and he's like 27 i was like oh my god bro 27 so i didn't even realize that i I was i was that much older than you by the way so
1: i i honestly i don't think i realized it either until like I was like a teenager. And then <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Billy is that much older than me. I never even realized that.
0: Yeah. So to put this in context for the Free Oakley listeners and the, uh, the demographic is mostly uh, my age. Uh, I, so you were born in 95. So 1995. Yeah. Nine- yeah. Unbelievable. So I, dad, I thought you were, wait, I thought you were older than that. So born in 95, uh, I was in high school at the time and not like just starting high school either. So, you know, Kellenberg mm-hmm. class of 96. Yep, uh, I was almost 18 by the time you were born. So <laughs> uh, I let the folks at home do the math on 27 plus, uh, plus almost 18. Um, but so I, I, when, you, when I heard that, it made me think – because we had planned on doing this podcast for a while, and it just made me think just a little bit more mm-hmm. about, wow, so 27, uh, that means – you know, if you're born in 95, so you, mu- you must have, like, no recollection of, like, the 99,
1: 2000 teams. I mean, 2000, you were five years old. You don't remember anything at do you? Not really. Like, there's a few, like, players and stuff I remember from that era, but, like, I'm more so, like, you know, 06, 07 is really, like, kind of, like – because, like, honestly, when you're younger, you watch the games, I don't think you really, like, get a full grasp for it until, like, you start hitting, like, you know, that – you know, mid-grade school, middle school, where you can really start to pay attention, you can really start to uh, you know, like get a grasp for what's going on in the game and like get a grasp for who the players are and things like that. So definitely like 06, 07 was like the first like real run for me, you know, yeah. for in terms of playoffs. Um but yeah, no, I don't I, I don't really have too much recollection. I mean obviously I obviously know it's a subway series and you know I know yeah. the history and stuff like that. But no, and there's no real like memory to me. Um, I think the only real memory from like that time frame is the Mike Piazza 911 home run. Okay,
0: okay, like, so that was right after,
1: um, yeah, so 2001,
0: yeah. I, and that was a yeah. I was living in this. I was actually living in the in the uh, in the city. I was on the Upper East Side. Uh, yeah, that was just like just was such a massive monumental moment. I think it's still probably for me uh my almost maybe my top Mets moment um and Piazza is, is my, I, my I still get
1: chills when I see it so
0: yeah I remember exactly where I was I was watching it in my living room on the 85th I was living with uh Petey Ballard and and Robbie Peters on the east side and uh and I remember just you know that, that it was they're playing the Braves like they are now and it was just one of those like mm-hmm. just like you never forget where you are when, when that happened um the so Piazza was a huge guy for me yeah um, so it sounds like, you know, for, for those, those, uh, those early, like those, those years for you were kind of like me in 86. I, you know, in, in 86, Probably. I was like, you know, I was only like, um, you know, seven ish, seven years old, eight years old. Uh, I, I remember it being like on I remember it kind of being a big deal. I, I don't remember like, you know, every game or, you know, I, was, I I, I've said before, I was more interested in like the Muppet show probably than I was the 86 world series. But, <laughs> um, but then like 88 for me was like a little bit more, I, I remember a bit more, um, you know, I was 10 years old at that point. So if 2006, you're like 11, that makes, that makes sense. Um, for for yeah. me, my guys were like strawberry. I was a huge Darryl fan. Uh, Howard Johnson. Big, 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 uh, big, big mm-hmm. uh, favorite of mine. Who are your guys,
1: uh, you know, growing up as a kid? Like, is my guy all time. Okay. Baseball, sports, like, he's my favorite athlete of all time. I used to symbolize him as, a you know, and idolize him as a kid. Like, when I started playing baseball, I was a catcher. Like, I wanted to be number 31. Um, there was a point in time. Or I did have the little blonde highlights like Piazza, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so like he was he was like my guy. Um, I don't know if you know you you could see it probably in in the Zoom. But I got a couple bobbleheads in the back. Um, Got my little Mets shrine in in, the, in my office. You know I got a Piazza, a Reyes. Um, I got a Pedro over here. Mm, yeah. Um, Then obviously David Wright. I think he could have been Hall of Fame worthy if he didn't get hurt, but it's just from watching it, him as a kid and then watching him have to like go through the whole injury thing and missing all this time. And then 2015 was really his own like real full run in the world series. So like, it was just, uh, it was tough to watch that, but it was, you know, growing up watching those guys was definitely a good experience.
0: Yeah. I, um a big D right fan. Obviously it was, it was awesome to see him come up mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully maybe some of these, these guys at the Mets have like, you know, it's awesome to see Pete Alonso kind of evolve into, you know, in year three, what he's yeah. turning into, but like D, D- right was like that. He's a big time prospect. It was, you know, it was great to see when he came up. Um, interesting. You brought up 2015. So he hit like an unbelievable, one of the other favorite moments I think I have or I find myself, if I'm, if I find myself in like a YouTube rabbit hole, uh, I will find myself <laughs> looking at the Piazza nine 11 home run, but also the David Wright Game Three home run of the 2015 World Series, yep. when they were down one nothing. Uh, what an awesome moment for him, man! Because you're right, like I, there's a case to be made. Obviously, you know, career ended early because of injury. The back stuff limited him a lot. Like you know, even the the amount of games that he did play, uh, you know, a lot of injuries, injury, you know, plague seasons. You, you know, he, he was just you know a numbers machine uh, in those, in those mid two thousands. And, um, that, that 2015 game three home run was, was huge. Uh, that was Cindergard uh, took, you know, through, through high and tight on Escobar to open the game. Um, that, yeah. I, that was, I was at game four of that world series. And, and that, you know, you know, you know, like, and you know, my fandom here is like, you know, Islanders, Knicks, uh, Mets and Jets, uh, then Mets have the, yeah, the, the only time of, you know, so. Right. So the only time we've really seen any sort of playoffs, I, I got the 2000 World Series. Obviously, I was like 20, you know, yeah. in my 20s at the time. And then 2015. So 2015 must have been huge
1: for you. Well, it was even bigger for me because that was like, I was in college, like yeah. I was actually there with a lot of uh, my cousins and stuff from my dad's side. And I remember just sitting in the, in the stands. I kept refreshing Twitter, seeing what's going on. Then I'm seeing all the rumors about, um, Carlos Gomez, yeah, traded for uh, I think it was Wilmer and Wheeler, right? I think it was, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, everyone in the stands is getting these updates. Everyone screaming, Pack your bags, Wilmer, see you later, blah blah blah. You know, have fun in Milwaukee. And you know, unfortunately, that's how he first heard about it. Um, he's walking off into the dugout and you know, people screaming at him, and then that's kind of next thing you know, you've seen the replays of. You know him wiping the the tears and stuff in the field, um, and then I don't know. It was just cool to like you know all those moments where like you know like oh I wish I was there. You know it would have been cool to see that in person, but you know I feel like I finally got one of those moments where I could actually see it there in person, experience what was going on in the stadium, and that was that was just a crazy game. And then the next day when he hit the walk off, that was like very like you know story movie written. Guy thinks he's getting traded, cries on the field. The next day, he hits a walk-off home run. Like, just that that whole year just felt so special. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was was nice to actually experience some some winning for once.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you think about. I don't even. They didn't. Did they? You know, from 2006, they didn't even make the uh make the playoffs until 2015. So, because they, you know, they had the, they fell apart at the, um. Yeah uh,
1: Didn't they make the wild card in 07?
0: I thought they didn't. Cause I thought that was the, um, they, after 2006, they were in the lead in the division. They fell apart like in, in, uh, in 06 and in 07. Yeah, you're right. And then, uh, and then eventually 2008 was like the last year of Shea. And then, you know, city and mm-hmm. city opened in 2009. And, and, um, you know, they, they didn't win a bunch of those years. Um, so, yeah, that you know, so your 2015 was like my 2000, you know, Mets making the World Series. Exactly. I, I haven't seen anything since I was a little kid, I haven't seen much winning. Um, and you know, then to, then to make it, and and with the teams we just rattled off, it's not like we're following a bunch of winners here. So, um, yeah, that Wilmer,
1: oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we're and, not,
0: and that Wilmer, you know, started like a nice little run. That's you know, that 2015 team caught fire really late. I think they were kind of hovering around yeah. like 500 most of the year and then went on a got you know showed went on a little bit of a run and then you know Sandy pulled you know the Gomez thing fell through and then he wound up getting Cispedes and you know then they just they just wound up catching the gnats and uh you know setting the world on fire and then going all the way to the world series
1: and that world series was
0: it's a lot closer than than a, than losing in five. You know they were in every one of those games.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not like they were getting blown out. Um, I mean, obviously everybody goes back to to the Harvey game. Um, but I mean, they did what they thought was right in the moment. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, what it you, was it was tough to watch. But
0: what's your take on the? Because uh, I, I have a hot take on
1: uh,
0: on Harvey. What was your uh, What was your take on the Har- whole Harvey staying in for? for the ninth
1: honestly at that time for who he was to the Mets, yeah like what his like role on the team was send him out send yeah. him out oh yeah let him finish it out That you know? I, like, I don't think it's like, a he, question yeah. guy let him just finish it
0: and to see like um, him in the dugout like lobbying to stay on that's like exactly what you want to yeah. see out of your out of your out of your star players like that guy wanted to be a star the guy wanted the ball he was like you know, in, you think about that series. Like he had, I mean, he had like ten strikeouts or nine strikeouts. Like he was absolutely in the zone. And I think I, I literally, Lucas Duda, to me, destroyed Har- Harvey's legacy. Because my my hot take is is that I don't even know how hot it <laughs> that is. That throw, that throw <laughs> was was awful. Like that throw, a good throw, like not even like a perfect throw. It doesn't have to be a perfect throw. It has to be a good throw. I mean to airmail that thing way past Arnaud was like not even a chance to even catch the ball. If he makes a good throw there and he nails him out at home, Harvey goes down as like an all-time legend. You think about him going out in an elimination game. Legendary performance. Striking out 10 guys, throwing a complete game. Then you have a game ending at a play at the plate in a world series elimination game ending at the, a play at the plate that goes down as one of the all-time best world series games that goes down as one of the epic epic legendary performances from uh from a guy like matt harvey and that and then it pushes it to game six goes back to kansas city it, you know matt still had a lot of work mm-hmm. to do but you had you would have had to Gram in game six right and then you would have had you know syndergaard you know in game seven or whoever in game seven so you know it, Obviously, you know it's not like you would have won the World yeah. Series, but there was still, you know, there was, it was still would have left the door open. And you're not losing a World Series on on the city field, infield, and yeah, man, I I, I absolutely that, can't. That's what
1: hurt the most was that we lost it at home. Yeah, But I
0: think Harvey gets a raw deal. Everyone gives him a hard time. I mean, the guy, all the guy wanted to do is pitch his ass off and win. I know maybe he wasn't like a model citizen, and you know you could question you could question his work ethic. <laughs> a little bit but i mean the guy liked to party and the guy liked to win he, he would have i think he would uh he made a lot of fans here um i and I, I i that's the other rabbit hole <laughs> he is the uh the dude to throw home which was just a complete debacle dude lucas Duda is dead to me that that guy it's now this is bothering me thinking about how matt harvey's legacy was destroyed by uh lucas Duda couldn't make a routine throw <laughs> home anyway so Let's uh, we, we've derailed a little bit, but um, I think it's a good yeah. it's a good transition because dude, that 2015 was a that 2015 Mets team was a you know, beloved team for a lot of us, a lot of characters. Um, if we shift to 2022. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of the opposite. You know, this is a team that just got out of the gate hot and has just been, you know, ha- hasn't really looked back. Like, um, you know, talk about having the second best record in baseball in the middle of August is uh it's pretty ridiculous so um it's it's
1: almost an unspoken sentence from Mets fans it really is (laughs) and
0: and it's like you talk about records like this was remind it's reminiscent of like 2006 when they were just you know they jumped out early and they kind of went you know ran the distance 86 was I think was when they had this many games over 500 or maybe even 88 so let's just quickly run through like how we got here uh, in terms of this year and we'll, we'll spend this next, you know, we'll mm-hmm. spend the next few minutes just kind of walking through this team and where we are and where we think we're headed. Uh, I, I think that, you know, there's a, I think really there's a couple main things I think you could point to uh, in terms of this, this off season. And I really think it was just like, keep it simple. And if you, boy, if you looked at, look at what they did, they had, uh, they went from, um, I, you know, I know it didn't work out with Terry, uh, Terry Collins was like a legit manager, got them to the World Series. They went to Mickey Callaway. I love like,
1: Terry Collins.
0: Yeah. They went to 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 Terry to Mickey Callaway, who's a complete joke. Guys like out of the league for sexually harassing uh, female reporters. Uh, they were gonna hire Beltran. Yeah, and then they had to fire Beltran before he even coached the game. Because of the whole and, cheating scandal. Because of the whole cheating mm-hmm. scandal. And they replaced him with Luis Luis Rojas, who is like the third the man now the Yankees third base coach. So they got a real adult in the room, Buck Showalter, you know, guy, you know, guy's been in, in the in a lifelong baseball guy, uh, managed the Yankees back in the mm-hmm. 90s, you know, managed the, the Diamondbacks, the Orioles. Buck is a legit adult in the room, and he com- coming in, in changes the whole culture uh, to talk to these guys about winning, being professional, which is something that they really didn't have. So you bring in Buck. And the next part is you, you get a guy like Max Scherzer, best pitcher in the markets available, go out and get him. Give him, Give him, you, know, pay, you know, pay him the money. Now you've got Buck and Scherzer in the locker room. Those are real adults in the room.
1: Yeah, it's just I still watch games, and I still can't believe that Max Scherzer is pitching for us and not against us. Like, it's just so so. to see that, like, a generational pitcher – who has been killing us for years? Yeah, is finally on our side, and I think that his intensity and his knowledge of the game and stuff like that is a huge like contribution to like how good we've been this year. Um, I was watching the game the other night, and they were talking about how you know Bassett to Grom, all these guys are you know kind of switching to these first pitch curveballs. Um, they're coming at a lot of batters now with first pitch curveballs and you know, a lot of that goes to Max because he's teaching these guys, you know, they have these little like powwows that after you know, a starter has, um, comes out of the game, they have these little powwows with the rotation and the dugout where they kind of go over things. They talk about what went wrong, what went well. And like, I feel like we never had that in past years. Yeah, it really is.
0: It's, it's, it's incredible to watch because you're right. It, it is different because I think with him, it's like the guy just comes out, trusts his stuff. He throws strikes. If he gets behind mm-hmm. an account, He's going to challenge you. He's going to come after hitters. He doesn't walk anybody, you know, high strikeout guy. But he'll pitch the contact, uh, and he, he and he'll get touched up here and there for sure. Um, you know, there, there's yeah. been a couple games where where that's been the case, but you know he still pitches to contact and, and trusts his stuff, which is great to see. Um, you know, goes deep into games. Uh, he had an injury setback, but what I love to see was that the guy got hurt, but rehab. Came back, got himself healthy, and and came back just as good. So, uh, you know, in, in years past, a guy you even think about a guy like Degrom, he gets hurt and then disappears for for a year and a half, and you kind of wonder, you know, wonder what happens to these guys. Um, so, I, I think with the uh, you know the additions of Buck and Scherzer, you got like a whole new attitude, uh, changes the culture. And then talking of culture, I I think it was a, a huge deal not re-signing Bias they, they traded a, they really got him for a rental last year. And then, uh, he was a free yeah. you know, free agent this year and I was not a bias guy. Uh, the whole thumbs down thing drove me nuts. Um, I think he was like, I, you know, I hate to say there's like bad character guys or, you know, these guys are, you know, adult professionals, but he's like a definition of like a bad character mm-hmm. guy, and, you know, it seemed, it kind of rubbed off, I think on Lindor as
1: well. Yeah. I mean, that's, I definitely think Lindor's attitude between last year and this year is definitely different. Him adjusting to New York definitely took a while. Um, But it's so funny that like years ago, I used to always say, like I would give up any prospect possible to get Lindor and Baez on the Mets. Like, I don't care who it is, trade them. These are two guys like when we kind of had a semi-hole at shortstop for all those years, you know, between Reyes to Lindor, like we never really had like, too much of like a generational shortstop you know like you know Wilmer was there Ruben Tejada like had all these guys that were just kind of fill-ins yeah um but you know we never really had like a premier superstar like Lindor and I remember when Baez when the Cubs won the World Series like, he was a top three shortstop in the league like he was a monster and especially defensively and on the base paths like he was a game changer and I wasn't crazy about the Giving up P. Carl Armstrong in that trade, um, I felt like that was a lot for a rental. But, I mean, they did what they had to do. But I will have to say that, like, looking at that trade and what it brought. I mean, buys went on a tear last year when it came over to New York. I mean, obviously, there was, you know, morale and personality questions there for the whole thumbs down thing. But, I mean, Trevor Williams has been huge for us this year. He has been good. You're right like he was people forget that he was the other part of that trade like and he has been a savior in the rotation a savior in the bullpen like he's pitched phenomenal yeah he's been a, he's been like a good like
0: um long long guy spot starter you can even get like an you can get like an inning attitude of him out of the pen um so that's a you know that is a good point right they had they got uh you know williams in that deal and they and and they got a new GM, right, Billy Epler. and and he brought in uh, a few guys that are also like professional professional dudes, you know Sterling Marte, um, he's been he's been great this year. Marcana, like Marcana, like, like... you mentioned Bassett, Bassett, you know, talk about you know throwing in a, you know a couple All Stars uh, into the lineup and into the rotation. Now you've got a pretty pretty solid rotation heading into you know heading to late in the season September October with you know, with, with the Grom coming back, Scherzer and Bassett um, out of Vino, out of the pen has been, uh, has, has been a big un- unsung hero this too. year. Um, so, you know, so some, you got some quality acquisitions this, this off season and then you're getting monster years from Alonzo and Diaz. And I, I think you could throw Lindor in that category. Like, second on the team in RBIs, guys in the middle of every big rally. Uh,
1: you know, him and Alonzo have really made this team go all year. Lindor, obviously his average wasn't as high, but I think he was snubbed for an all-star vote. You know, I definitely think he belonged in the conversation more than people were giving him credit for. I mean, aside from his average, I mean, he's up there in RBIs. He's up there, you know, war. Like, he's up there in all these different – um categories that are so pertinent now in this game that you know the guys should be getting nods for a possible mvp ballot too i mean that's a crazy statement and maybe a hot take um yeah. but i mean alonzo both they they belong in that category like there's no doubt in my mind that that they don't um you know lador may be a hot take f- for some hey and hot, takes wel- hot-, might be-
0: hot takes are welcome on uh on Free Oakley, you know? Plenty of room, <laughs> plenty of room for those. Um and he's up to two, he's up to over 270.
1: Which so, is not where he was at the all-star break. Yeah, but, totally. I mean Yeah. So I mean, looking at the deadline, I was not a fan of the Volgack trade at first. I gladly said I was wrong a week into the trade. Yeah. Um, I love that guy now. I I'm glad that they have team control over him. Um for I think next for I think next year as well. Um but I like him on the team and I've listened to uh, some of his interviews. Like I know he was on, uh, on uh, one of the podcast interviews or whatever for Barstool. I listened to some of that and he just seems like a good dude. Um, and <laughs> everybody's keeps comparing him to, to Bartolo, you know, with the yeah. big sexy thing. And he was saying in his interview, uh, his friends call him the big problem. And I was like, that, that's an incredible nickname. That's an incredible nickname. Um, what I didn't like, was the rough trade? I that made okay. no sense to me. I get you want to have a platoon at the DH because Dom and uh, Jay just didn't get it done. But if you really want to make a push, I like you gotta do something a little bit more than that. Like Mancini was there, you could have went after him. Um, you know Josh Bell, Charlie Blackman, I they were probably having all these high asking prices, but I mean if you're going to hold on to all these prospects, then like you got to make a push. Like Mark Vientos is still sitting down in yeah. the minors. He's a righty that could have been used in the, in the platoon. Um, it's just, I just didn't understand the rough trade.
0: Yeah, I get, Yeah, I hear you. And that's, and that's, I think that's fair. I mean, I think uh, so far it's been working out for Epler, but you know, to be honest, like I, I was, I don't, I didn't really know much about any of these guys, you know, Naquin, Vogelback, or or Ruff. I, I kind of knew the names, but didn't know too much about them. It was definitely Epler really trying to thread the needle and thinking he had enough and needed to just make a couple tweaks. Versus, like you said, like kind of going all in or adding a one big bat who really could have maybe solidified things. Um, you know, R- Ruff is a real journeyman, right? I mean, he in. Vogelback to some degree those guys have bounced around played for multiple teams i think rough even did a few years in korea mm-hmm. not that long ago i guess it's a numbers game for those guys right with the uh you know the advanced metrics those guys o- ops again you know Ruff's ops against righty or, or lefties was, was like almost it was yeah. 900 um vocal you know you know hits righties to that degree also so i hear you man like you know if you're going to go in for like, you're going to throw in a Pete Crow Armstrong for a, for a bias last year, you know, I I don't think anything. that Why not go for it this year? Yeah. And I don't think, I didn't like that excuse. Like, well, we got burned last year. Epler wasn't around last year, you know, like these are his moves to make. Like if there was a guy out there, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of with you. Like it would have been, you know, would have been nice to see a little bit more of a, of a, of a, of a big impact guy. I also would have liked to have seen more in the bullpen. I, I think the bullpen. I was just gonna say that is is an isu- is definitely an issue, right? I mean, the, it, some of these guys are up and down, but like the one guy they got was Givens, who has not looked good. He was in the he got I've seen him maybe two good outings, two bad outings. He got pummeled yesterday. I know they were they were kind of in a tough spot his, because Carrasco <laughs> got hurt, but he
1: got pummeled yesterday. His first outing with the Mets I think is what is it the second guy he faced he gave up a home run like it was just miserable his first two outings his first outing to the bullpen I just want to yeah go ahead uh, I just want to backtrack one uh what I will say about the offensive trades that they made I kind of compare this to 2015 where I think Epler made the kind of Juan Uribe Kelly Johnson move as opposed to the yeah. Cespedes move, but down the line, Kelly Johnson, won Reber, huge for the 2015. Like they were huge depth guys, and they made an impact. So I wasn't too mad about it overall because if I, you know, the bench was more solidified than having with Naquin, Bogleback, and Ruff rather than having J.D. Dom and Jankowski. True. So it kind of solidified the bench more, which I'm not mad about because as you can see, we need depth with the, with you know with our injury history. But as for the bullpen. If you're going to make a trade with the Cubs for a reliever, it should have been for Robertson. I agree. I would have liked they need, they need more than, than givens
0: here. Um, In that first outing, givens gave up five runs and couldn't get out of the inning. He came in. A, I mean, what did he come in? He came in, in like a nine, nothing game, I think, and gave up like five runs could only get yeah. two. you know, couldn't get three outs and, and um Lugo had to come in for him. So, I mean, Lugo, the, the thing is is that any one of these guys in the bullpen can look good on any given night, but I just don't trust any of these guys. Like, I haven't trusted Lugo in like two no. years. Um, I like what I see out of Adovino, but my Yankee
1: fan friends tell me like he's not to be trusted at all. So in terms of the lefty situation, I've been saying this for weeks that I think David Peters should to go to the bullpen.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been
1: great as a starter, but I mean, you need someone who's a lefty and you need another lefty in the pen. I mean, with all these guys back, I mean, obviously not now because you got two two injuries to uh, Carrasco and possibly Taiwan Walker. But like, if all these guys are back healthy, you have a full rotation, yeah. full roster, you know, you got to consider, like they already said McGill is probably going to go to the bullpen, but okay. you got to consider Peterson.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, for, for a lefty you need, sure. You know, the only thing with Peterson was that, like, he didn't look good against the Yankees. He gave up that homer to Glaber. Um, he got touched up a little mm-hmm. bit in the, in the, I think, against the Cubs, too. So, like, f- him coming in as reliever has been, uh, has been a little spotty. You might not have a choice. I, you know, I'd rather, the guy's a live arm for sure. And I'd probably rather, you know, mm-hmm. have him in the, in the pen than, you know, than, than, I don't know, like, they've got other guys like Nagusik, right, or, you know, other guys out of, out of the pen. Um, you got to find – Peterson's a, a good enough arm where you, you find a spot for him. Um, he, he might he – might, yeah, he might have to be in the pen.
1: Like, they just keep bringing up Juan Lopez, and he keeps letting us down time yeah. and time again. And I don't understand why do they hate Adonis Medina. Every time he's come to the pitch, he's pitched pretty well. Keep him up on the roster because none of these guys are proving themselves like you can, like you said before, you can't trust half of them. I mean, to I think like a guy you used to trust all the time, like Lugo, that's not even the same that he used to be either. Lugo, for the last couple of years, hasn't looked right. He was awesome, I think,
0: like three years ago at this point. And yeah, it was when they had him, Gisellman had their moments. And um, and then Lugo, Lugo just, you know, I don't know. Um, okay, so... But we think the bullpen's a question mark we both might might have liked a little bit more at the trade deadline but hey you know i think they lost mm-hmm. i think they wound up losing tonight but so put them at 75 and 42 uh you know not, not too bad and you know if, if you if you can i, I think you just really got to kind of tread water for these next couple weeks like you obviously got two more against atlanta but you got scherzer and jake going um, you got a series this weekend against Philly where you're playing four with Saturday, a double header. You got two against the Yankees at the start of next week. And then in the last week of August, you got three at home versus the Dodgers. But then after, after you, so, so you kind of just, and it and, and, you know, remains to be seen because Carrasco and Walker are now banged up, but uh, get through these next couple of weeks, get out of August, get into September. September looks totally manageable. In September, you've got—I don't know—I sent you the schedule yesterday, but you got six against Washington, yeah. you got six against Pittsburgh, you get five against Miami, you got three against Oakland. So the, the, you know these guys are, are are the bottom feeders. You know you should be able to. Uh, yeah, and then you got
1: three against the Cubs as well. Okay. So yeah, I mean. So I mean, they're all winnable games.
0: So I think if you just if you can get these next two, at least you know push the Braves to, you know, five and a half again, um, and kind of tread water between the Phillies, Yankees, and Dodgers, I think they'll be in uh cause because mm-hmm. it's big to to win a division, right? With this, this, this whole playoff. I mean, it's always big to win the division, but and I think especially this year with the with the playoff format, we've got what, six teams now that from each each league that make it.
1: And right now it's looking like half of those teams are in the NL East. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, so you think the win so if you lose so the this if the runner up in the NL East, right? Um would get probably the first or second wild card, right? And then the I think yeah. the second wild card right now is what's shaping up to be San Diego. So you could be looking at Braves, Padres first round um with the Phillies versus the the lowest division winner which which would come out of the nl central
1: yeah which i mean yeah which would be the cardinals as of right now. i mean if the season ended right now it would be the cardinals
0: right so you'd be looking so the mets as the two seed in the nl would get the winner of the cardinals and phillies right versus the dodgers would then sit at one and get the winner of uh the braves and braves, braves and padres. braves and padres right so this two seed yeah. is this two seed is crucial. You get the bye and you stay out of that that like that that nasty awesome wild card matchup.
1: Yeah, they 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 need to like the best possible route towards World Series is winning the division, without yeah. a doubt. Because to be honest, I don't want to see the Braves in the playoffs in the first round. I don't like the thought of that at all. Um, the Phillies are manageable. Depends on the health of obviously Bryce Harper, um, what's going on with Schwarber and you know how their their pitching matches up. Um Padres, I don't know. They're like I feel like I mean, well, the whole thing with Tatis won't be there. It makes them a little bit less intimidating. Yeah. I mean, they obviously have some great pitching also. And then the Cardinals are just like a scrappy team and they're just always I know, good i just don't i think it's just ptsd yeah, yeah from oh yeah. six i just i just don't want to see them <laughs> cardinals are always always good you
0: know you know and they got some they got some quality dudes on their team uh but okay so we'll have to um we'll have to see man this has been you know for for all the seasons um you know i, I got a few more years on you junior but um you know, this is one of the better <laughs> Mets seasons, you know, that, that's come around in a while. And to have it anchored by guys like DeGrom and Churzer, like generational Hall of Fame pitchers, uh, you know, to see guys like you know, Alonzo banging in the middle of the lineup and you know, Lindor and Marte. It's yeah. team is team is very likable. It's been a lot of fun. Um, just hope they keep it rolling.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then I think tomorrow, especially. You know going into the next few games with Atlanta, like I think the whole atmosphere and the whole like energy is gonna shift because you have Max on the mound tomorrow and you got Jake on the on the mound day after. And then you got the new boy coming up in Brett Beatty. Oh who I think is gonna be similar to Conforto when they called him up in 2015. Great call.
0: I forgot about the kids. That's yeah that's the other thing that's been um you know the Mets didn't go all in they wanted to hold on to their prospects and they've got some they've got some good ones. you know Alvarez the catcher um and then Beatty's like their number mm-hmm. two prospect he looks like he's getting the call up tomorrow right so he might see some action uh these next yeah. couple of days into the weekend
1: yeah I just hope they call him up and actually play him and don't just storm away on the bench like I think give the shot um he's been on a tear lately in Triple A since they've um promoted him so like at this point you have nothing to lose just give him a shot and I think that he has the ability to just be like a like in terms of um like getting on base and creating hits I feel like he could be like a more powerful like Jeff McNeil type hitter
0: I think I think yeah I think guys like that could use a can use a break too like Frankie Pete McNeil those guys have been like pretty much everyday guys Guillermo's hurt now um, you know, they bringing up eighty, they should they should get him in. Like, I'm,
1: I i do not see why why Buck wouldn't get him a start at least. You know, while he's up here, and it's and it's funny too when they were asking Buck about it yesterday. Uh, he was, you know, I don't think he's gonna be. I don't think it's a move right now, or like today. Uh, little did we know he was. I guess making a joke. You know, anticipation they were gonna call him up.
0: So <laughs> oh, in the but... in the forty man,
1: right, like expand the rosters. But, uh, but yeah, Giorgia,
0: yeah, Giorgia hurt. And then also, right, Esc. they're saying Escobar's hurt now, too. Which, I mean, Escobar has
1: kind of been disappointing, but I mean, he's still a guy that, you know, you want to have available if need be. I mean, he's he's played great defensively and he's just kind of struggled offensively. Like, I don't think he lived up to um, what he's done in past years, but I still think that, you know, he's a guy like I want healthy to be there, available for the bat, you know, for a pinch hit down the line or just. You you want to have that depth of of guys with experience.
0: All right, cuz any uh any other thoughts before we uh
1: before we wrap? Chipper Jones made a comment right before this. I don't know if you you heard his comments. Uh, he was talking about teams in the league right now, and you know teams that are hot. And he was saying that you know teams up there right now are probably the Mets and the Astros. Right, he said this right before the. Brave series. Okay. <laughs> so I just happened to get the bleach report notification. I'm like, all right, let, let me see what Chipper said. Yeah. Um, and he's saying how he thinks that the Mets are getting everybody run for the money is the best team in baseball. Uh-oh. right I said that was some reverse juju from Chipper for his braves totally. because since then we've, we've lost Carrasco, we've lost Guillaume, we've lost uh, Taiwan today, possibly Taiwan, and everything's going downhill with this damn, you know, reverse kind of curse that Chipper Jones gave us.
0: Dude, I do not like the Braves, this whole Braves angle. Uh, Strider was talking about how the Mets are lucky. Uh, Chipper's now giving oh, us the oh. reverse jinx. Um, Contreras is coming out to the Tim- Timmy Trumpet song, which is Diaz's song. Yep. Um, and we, we only glossed over Diaz too, but man, that guy's been it. Supposedly been a-
1: they said he's been doing all season.
0: But. He, okay when i think of the braves i think of uh i think of our grandfather uh lifelong yankee fan uh who is he's been in myrtle beach south carolina now since 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 80, 1986 and um he's kind of you know yeah shown du- dual allegiance to the yankees and also the braves you know braves being the local team down there yeah um so he, he's the only braves fan that'll get a pass pass in my book and um and it's it's been a bit of you know shout out to the fam down in Myrtle Beach right now. It's been a little bit of a uh, tough go. You know our gran- our grandmother's not doing too hot right now. Yeah. Um. So hope uh you yeah know, definitely and, uh definitely
1: yeah. definitely say some prayers.
0: And um. But you know our grandfather Pop Pop was a huge huge baseball guy. And I think a lot of our our love for baseball you know comes from him. Um. You know he, I think he's ninety five years old right now, and he and he can still. Can, you know he can still throw out stats. He's he's still up to speed on on how everyone's doing, and um you know so lo- love down to uh to Myrtle Beach, and hopefully Nana will uh will see you soon. Um, what else you got, Cuz? Anything?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean speaking of hobbit do you do you know about the bet that him and I have every season? Do, do you know about that? It's a it's a record bet. What what remind me of this? Yeah. So it's, so what we do is, I mean, I've lost a lot of them um, because <laughs> of how the Mets have performed yeah. over the years. But what the bet is, is we do uh, the Yankees have a better record than the Mets. Well, if the Mets have a better record than the Yankees, he'll take me to dinner anywhere. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter the place. Uh, I think last time I won, we went to Frank steak in Rockville center. Nice. Right? Yeah. Frank's. And is then legit. It, yeah. Nice steak. It was a nice dinner. But if the Yankees have a better record than the Mets, I got to take him to Nathan's. Okay. You got to give it to him too. I well, I think maybe it was three or four years ago. He threw out the first pitch at a Pelicans game or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. On,
0: that's right. It was on his bucket list and he uh, and he threw out the pitch for the Pelicans. Yeah. That's right. Uh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. uh, And then
1: when he was like 80-something, he got the Yankees logo tattooed on him too.
0: That's right. That's right uh big well, baseball guy huge baseball guy and like 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 we said man that's where we get a lot of our love for uh for, for the game also um well because man happy yeah. you came on this was this was awesome um let me get uh
1: yeah this was fun we should definitely do it again uh when we get to football season watch our uh jets hopefully you know mangle it back together
0: oh my god yeah we'll we'll have you on we'll talk about uh joe flacco and zach wilson um all right let me get in the studio <laughs> let me uh let me edit this this bad boy and then uh we'll send it down to uh we'll send it down to pop-up down on myrtle all right cuz talk to you soon brother oh yeah i'm sure he'd love to listen to it all right be guys. good man appreciate it all right we'll see you uh soon on free oakley you said all those things i wouldn't have
1: dared as i hung on every word i swear i could have been Just think.